Hello, everyone, and welcome to This Week in Engineering. I'm Jim Anderson, Multimedia Content Director here at Engineering.com. On today's show, how COVID-19 is prodding the evolution of electric vehicle batteries, changing the engineering controls in meatpacking plants, and inspiring innovation in 3D robot cameras. According to Bloomberg's most recent electric vehicle outlook, EVs will make up 55% of new passenger cars worldwide by 2040, reports Edis Osman Basic. Customer demand has been further increased during the COVID-19 pandemic with increased public scrutiny of the impact of this technology on the environment. One of the key elements of EV technology that is driving the shift to EVs is battery design. EV batteries must provide sufficient current to a vehicle's motor over an extended time period, and that requires hundreds of battery cells, perhaps thousands, connected in series and in parallel. For example, a powerful EV like the Tesla Model S has 7,104 individual cells. An ideal universal battery, well, it doesn't exist, so different types of batteries have been manufactured to suit different applications. The main kinds of rechargeable batteries are lead acid, nickel cadmium, nickel metal hydride, and lithium ion. NICAD batteries are robust, less prone to damage, and longer lasting, but their technology is outdated and it's highly toxic. As a result, NICAD batteries are being replaced by more efficient and environmentally friendly batteries such as nickel metal hydride and lithium ion. Now, durability is a main advantage of nickel metal hydride batteries. Nickel batteries have been proven to be successful in EV use. Many cars with these batteries, well, they've been on the road for more than 100,000 miles, operating well over seven years. Lithium ion, meanwhile, well, it promises a long life but remains unproven for long-term use. However, nickel metal hydride batteries, well, they don't charge efficiently. They also discharge at a high rate, up to 12.5% per day at room temperature, with deteriorating performance at higher temperatures. As a result, lithium-ion batteries are becoming the most commonly used type in electric vehicles. According to the Financial Times, lithium-ion batteries will make up close to 90% of the EV battery market by 2025. Lithium-ion batteries are lightweight and are capable of being recharged many times. They have a higher energy density and cell voltage, and they have a better self-discharge rate, only about 5% per month. An excellent specific energy rate of 140 plus watt-hours per kilogram, well, that's lithium-ion battery's main advantage. High energy density allows for lighter battery weight, which increases an EV's range and performance. Compared to legacy lead-acid batteries, the lithium-ion holds one-third the weight. It's three times more powerful and has three times the cycle life. On the downside, lithium-ion batteries, well, they've been more expensive. That's their biggest disadvantage. Production could be 40% more expensive than nickel-based batteries. But intense research into lithium-ion technology has led to decreased production costs. According to a report from McKinsey, production costs have dropped 80% between 2010 and 2016. On the upside, the metals in lithium-ion batteries, cobalt, copper, nickel, and iron, well, they're considered safe for landfill or incineration. And the recycling technology for lithium-ion batteries is constantly under development. The next generation of EV batteries are expected to be solid state, where the liquid electrolyte is replaced with a, a solid or semi-solid conductive material. This technology will provide a high specific energy rate and will be an improvement over today's lithium-ion batteries. We'll be spending our energy watching out for these improvements. Against the backdrop of COVID-19 outbreaks and meat processing plants in the U.S. in the early months of the pandemic, causing disruptions in the meat supply chain, the Center for Disease Control and the Occupational Health and Safety Administration, well, they've released a guidance document with recommendations for workers and plant equipment. The guidance report, well, it aims to reduce transportation risk and cut down on exposure for employees. One of the key recommendations is improving engineering controls so workers are at least six feet apart in all directions, whether side-by-side side or facing each other. Physical dividers such as strip curtains or plexiglass are recommended as means of separating workers. Another key engineering control recommendation involves plant ventilation. 
The CDC report suggests employer consultation with heating, air conditioning, and ventilation engineers to maintain proper ventilation and temperature controls. For example, when fans are used, steps should be taken to minimize air blowing from one worker to another, and if fans are removed, any heat hazards need to be addressed. With sanitization now being a workplace priority, new disinfection protocols should be established in processing plants, especially for shared tools and equipment. Dedicated staff should be assigned to disinfecting high-touch areas of the plant. Now that includes handles, buttons, and railings. Additional hand sanitizing and hand washing stations should also be installed. Employers are also urged to provide face shields, N95 masks, or respirators, even when they would not normally be used. To reduce worker crowding and cut down on the possibility of COVID spread, employers are urged to provide more clock-in and out stations, implement staggered shifts and break times, and establish cohorting of workers by maintaining shift groups. The latter could make it easier to identify the source of any outbreak and reduce transmission to other workers by limiting the number of individual workers who come into contact with each other. The CDC urges employers to provide training in the use of these new measures that accords with employee literacy levels in preferred languages. For example, in plants with a workforce made up largely of immigrants, a variety of languages may be predominant. We're hoping these changes in the way meat is processed keeps workers safe and keeps the stakes coming. Well, new tools in the battle against COVID-19 are 3D cameras. Jessica Zimmer tells us that Orbitech 3D Technology International, a Chinese 3D imaging company with an office in Troy, Michigan, is working on a next-generation chip to improve performance of robots used in healthcare. The company's customers include iBen Robot, which makes sanitizing robots, Orion Star, which makes robots that can guide patients to specific locations, and Kenon Robotics, which makes robots that deliver supplies within hospital buildings. Since the pandemic began, new uses have been found for 3D cameras, increasing sales for robot manufacturers. For example, 3D cameras can be used to monitor elderly patients, provide a non-invasive 3D image of a patient's body to hospital staff, and they can be alerted when a patient is wandering, has gotten too close to other patients, or has fallen. It enables staff to respond more quickly. These cameras run on 2.4 watts of power and can be operated by single-board computers. The cost is between $149 and $239. At present, Orbit cameras, the Astra Mini and Stereo S series, well, they've been optimized for close-up viewing. The company is now aiming to increase depth sensing capacity. One of the company's manufacturing goals is to make a camera that can see through the spray of disinfectant mist. The company has been able to increase its 3D camera production, overcoming an initial slowdown when China locked down in February. The design team continues to work together online. We're interested in this robotic contribution to the COVID-19 battle, but we hope that you don't need their services. That wraps up this episode. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of This Week in Engineering. <laughs>